live. Live from UTD, UT Dallas. Great memories here, man. Yeah, a lot of different memories. Four years of our lives here. A lot of studying. Yeah. A lot of hanging out with people and exploring in our youth days. Yeah. It uh it's forever like cemented in our in our history. Or in our individual history this place. Yeah, and we're still coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell knows. nobody. It's between us, all right guys. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But yeah, man, current news. What's uh, currently happening? Dude, I don't really keep up with the news. I know I should, but I don't. But I know a guy who does. Thangalang. Thangalang. He always knows. He's not here. So yeah. we're going to call him real quick. Let's see if he picks up. Let's see. This is something new we're testing out. Hello? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. I'm here with Leeson. What to do? What up, what up, what up? What's up? Hey, man. So we have a question. We're doing the intro right now. Uh-huh. And we want to talk about a current event. But we don't okay. really keep up with current events. So just curious to know if you know anything that's happening. Um, Dude, good question, man. Current events. Huh, let, me, let me open up Reddit. Really <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like current shows, sports. Yeah. So, so, do you guys have anything in mind so far? Not really. Yeah. We're hoping to get some guidance from you. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what, um, ab- what about the uh, Galactic Federation? What's the, what's the Galactic Federation? Remember the article from Rogan yesterday? Oh, about li- life in space? Life in space. What do you think yeah. about that one? I mean, if you guys talk about it. Uh, by all means, bro. I think that's an interesting topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can play around with it. Is there another yeah. thing that you have in mind? Like a second option? Um, let me see. What about, what about Tesla doing pretty well? <laughs> 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 they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. They're doing solid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess we can work with that, man. I'm not sure about anything else. I haven't... I really kept up with the news. Uh, I mean, like, dude, dude, talk about that first lady who got the vaccine in the UK. Oh, when was that? I think that was like, either this morning or like yesterday. So it was pretty recent. Okay. Last, that's the most recent news that I heard. Nice. That should be a good one too. Okay, we took some notes, man. We'll yeah. get it going and just let you know once we're done. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Dude, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Appreciate Let me know you. if you guys have any questions while, like, setting up the camera, like, the sound system and everything. Okay. Dude, we got it down. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Dude, we you appreciate guys are technical you. wizards, too. See, it's all because of you, man. Thanks for teaching <laughs> us. <laughs> no, bro. It's not you. I didn't even touch the bar. Thanks so a good. lot, man. We love you. Appreciate you. Hey, I love you guys, man. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Have a good night, man. You too. See Enjoy ya. it, boys. See ya. Later. Bye. Bye. All right. Okay. So 92-year-old lady from UK got 
the first vaccine or one of the first ones. Man, that's big. It's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, man. Hopefully this means, you know, things kind of go back to normal. Yeah. Are you going to take it if we're able to have that option? Uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah, so Nandini, my girlfriend, is in the medical field. Okay. So she's going to be one of the first ones getting it. So I think uh, depending on how that goes. <laughs> just first see how that goes and yeah. then see if you want to I think I will, well. though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I took my first flu shot this year in 27 years. Mine took was, me a minute. Yeah, mine was last year. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be like, these are anti-vaccine people. <laughs> 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 but we're not. We're not. We believe in science. We do. Yeah. And if it makes sense, we'll take it. Yeah. So that was the first topic <laughs> that he mentioned, Tesla. Tesla. Are you investing in Tesla? I am. Nice. And it's going well. Mm-hmm. Don't know much about stocks, to be honest. Yeah. Started to get more into it about seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And I just see that it's going up. So I mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep pumping money in there. Yeah, going up, dude. Same here. I don't, mu- I don't know much about it either. I just know that it, it's a game that is being played, mm-hmm. and it can make you, you know, it can build a solid foundation for your, the rest of your life. So I'm trying to play in that game. Yeah, hundred percent. Figure it out. Yeah. Shout out to EYL. Earn your leisure. I'm trying to be earners, bro. <laughs> You're trying to be earners. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that show check it out they have a podcast too they drop some knowledge with personal finance and for us well at least for me i never saw that with the people close to me so it's just a matter of educating myself in order to learn more about it yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean the information that they're dropping is just just gold they're talking about like investments, real estate, stock market, you know, side business, just trying to trying to make sure that you're not dependent on just one paycheck. Yeah. Right. So really good life lessons there. Check it out. EYL, YouTube, Spotify, all that. Check us out too. Check us Seek out. <laughs> podcast. YouTube, Spotify, all that. <laughs> all the above. All the above, yeah. yeah. Subscribe. You know, subscribe, bro. Yeah. So I was gonna say in, in some YouTube videos, um, they'll they'll be like, make sure to smash this <laughs> button right here. Uh-huh. And they'll like do the hand motion and then the video will pop up. Dude, let's do it. Let's do it. You can go for it, bro. <laughs> make sure you smash <laughs> the like button. And then we'll make some edits. Yeah, we'll make yeah. thing we'll make some edits. Thing. They got us. <laughs> yeah, but please make sure you like <laughs> and subscribe. Drop some comments in there, you know, let us know things are going give us some feedback yeah super helpful yeah continuous improvement speaking of continuous improvement ooh, dangalang dangalang episode six episode six he's big on continuous improvement and he also knows a lot about a lot about a lot a lot of things he can like get into it and figure it out 
Yeah, he has a lot of topics that he likes. And in this episode, he goes a little deeper with each one. Mm-hmm. He's into exploring. And you get to learn from his childhood how he started exploring. And then as he starts to get older with video games. And then after that, traveling the world. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting guy. Super charismatic. People love him. It's the smile, man. It's the smile. It's the hair. It's the hair, bro. <laughs> it's the personality. It's everything. He has everything. He's it's smart. The, it's the tattoos. <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> Chef de partie. Chef de partie, bro. Life of the party. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so check this episode out. Let us know what you think. Young Thang. Check it out. Episode 6, Thangalang, one of the Momo boys, and he shares a lot. Like a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> Dude, some of the stories that he dropped, that was my first time listening to those stories. Mm-hmm. And we've known Thang for a while now. Yeah. So how long have you known him? Total years. I believe 17 years. 17 years. Wow. It's a long time. That's wild. What about you? Nine. Nine? 2011. Yeah, so nine. It's a long time too, man. Yeah. Met him here, UTD? UT Dallas, freshman orientation. Ooh. Yeah, he talks about the story of uh, how he met you mm-hmm. and then how he also changed his life because of a moment with you when you gave him a flyer. Yeah. A flyer. You got to find out <laughs> as you listen to this episode. But the gist of it is, um, you know, asked him to go to this event together and that in a way changed the trajectory of our lives so pretty big moment and to me it was something when he brought it up it rang the bell again Mm -hmm. but i had completely forgotten about it but it was like one of the i guess closest moments for him of utd it's a big moment for sure when he said flyer i thought it was like to go to clutch bar or something club 17 bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but no, it was a uh, business fraternity. Business fraternity, yeah. All about business, you know. Business. Business. All about business. Yeah. Big moment for Big sure. Moment. You had one too, dude. Yeah, he mentioned a moment when apparently I sent him a text mm-hmm. saying, "Thing, you need to focus." And I don't remember sending that text, but hey, he remembers it, and I'm glad he helped out. Yeah. A lot of those key moments. Everything happens for a reason, bro. (laughs) The stars align. The stars align. Just manifested to the universe, man. 100%. Manifestation is real as fuck. Hey, yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. You hear about it, and you're like, I don't know. Then you start seeing it. Something special. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very special, like this episode like this episode we're thing <laughs> thing lang 93 yeah check it out episode six that was pretty good in the books we did yeah. it boom thing did it peace
We are live. Episode six. Episode six in the making. December sixth, twenty twenty. Wow. Six six. Six six twenty. Six six twenty. Twelve six twenty. Twelve six twenty. <laughs> yeah. What did we do yesterday? We dude, yesterday was the last pickup of twenty twenty. Dude, yes. Yeah. That was exciting. It was. Mom was at home. Mom was at home. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Like we, we sat up right outside of Leeson's house. With a table, the classic yeah. table with the with the table cover, mm-hmm. cover yeah. table cover, and the Mojack logo. Mm-hmm. You know, got a classic sign: "Honk if you want momos." Yeah, and people were driving up. Yeah. They didn't honk, but, but some still, of them, yeah, some, some of them, yeah, yeah, like two or three yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they honked. Overall, you know, a lot of people came through. Like a lot of people. Came a lot. Through. Yeah. yeah. Shout, Shout out to them. Shout out yeah. to everyone. Yeah. yeah thank MVPs. you for pulling up, getting thank momos, supporting Momoshack for the past three years. That was huge, man. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. We're back next year, Feb 2021. So early Feb is when we're thinking about rolling it out. Yeah, that's yeah, a good year. day. Relatively. Yeah. It was fun. How you feeling, bro? Feeling good, bro. Um, to be honest, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Because uh, it's my episode, right? And you guys went before me, and y'all, y'all killed it with the story. So now I feel like I have to share my story. Bro. You know what I mean? We're excited for you, man. Yeah. Just letting people know who Thang is. So I feel like people see pictures they see the ig stories but they don't really know who the people are behind the brand and this is a good opportunity for us to share that with everybody else yeah yeah dude well said absolutely very well said yeah fun fact all three of us moved here at the age of 10 we did yeah Yeah. fun fact young thing dude yeah no i mean so i met you back in middle school but i never knew the story prior to that and i'm curious i'm sure everybody's curious to know thing back in vietnam like you growing up as a kid with your family there Mm -hmm. can you share some of that story with everybody else yeah man absolutely so growing up in vietnam man um it was pretty great i think we had a big community around us, you know, like we lived in this this little neighborhood, all right? Like we had all of our families, like relatives, distant cousins, mm-hmm. aunts and uncles, like we all lived in the same block. So we had like a big ass community going, right? And growing up, like I was pretty well off. I think my dad, he had a cushy like VP job for some um, export company. And my mom was a stay at home mom. She didn't have to do anything besides you know, cook, pick the kids up, and just, like, do mom stuff. I have a little sister. Shout out to JB. Love you, bro. Just me and her, you know, just running around, hanging with family, hanging with friends. Life was pretty good. Like, I think I was a pretty, like, happy kid, very inquisitive. Mm -hmm. I like to grab my bike and just, like, drive all, not drive, uh, ride all over the neighborhood and just explore different parts of the streets, right, Mm -hmm. see where this leads. Um... I was pretty athletic. Still am. You know? mm-hmm. no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll see. No, I'm terrible <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, pretty athletic kid. Uh, I think I was on the high, not high school, uh, the elementary school track team. Yeah, I did oh, high wow. jump. I did high jump, bro. <laughs> you did high jump? Yeah, I did high jump. How high did you yeah. jump, bro? <laughs> Six to nine feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so did a ton of track. Uh, play soccer. I love playing soccer, and it was like street soccer. We just get like little. We didn't even have like 
actual balls, like mm-hmm. soccer balls, with mm-hmm. like the material, like rubber. We use like plastic soccer ball, like on the streets. Damn, that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. Who were you playing with? Uh, my classmates. My classmates, okay. like we would have like a lot of recess time uh, during elementary school, mm-hmm. and we just got like, man, ten or fifteen people. Just go out on the street and just start kicking it. Man. Yeah. Sounds pretty fun, man. Yeah. 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 Pickup game. Pickup game. Yeah. yeah. So, so as a kid, like I just play sports with a lot of people and just went exploring a lot. You know, went to the park with my grandpa um, and just overall enjoying Vietnam very much. Mm-hmm. And, and then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everything changed when we got the news that uh, my uncle did all the paperwork for our family to go to, to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So my uncle, my dad's older brother, right, he, he came to the U.S., uh, in the early 80s as part of the, the refugees from the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went to college, became a citizen, and, and eventually um, submitted all the paperwork to get my dad and our family over. So we got those news around 2003-ish, mm-hmm. 2004, and everything just moved super quick after that. Do you and remember I, how you were feeling at that time when you found out about the news? uh vaguely i i just i just remember being very disappointed mm. right i think it was at a time where like i was in fifth grade you know like had all the friends that i've developed since kindergarten like we all stayed in the same uh system or same school growing up so we just had all of them together you know, had like a tight group of friends and like we'd all like go to birthdays, whatever. Yeah. And when I heard the news, like, bro, like, I don't want to leave my friends. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it had to happen. Like sold the house real quick and uh, did a party, <laughs> like going away party, invite all my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bittersweet. And the next thing you know, bro, like we're at the airport getting ready to leave. And I just remember everybody was crying. Mm-hmm. It was so oh, sad. Man. Like you leaving your Everything that you know, pretty much. Yeah. Your community, your language, your friends, family, like everything behind. Um, so then that was the the last thing I remember of Vietnam before we took off. Mm. Did you know what? So what did you think of America at that age? Like, did you think of it? Bro, I didn't know much of it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I I know that I have family. Like my uncle and my my grandparents and my cousins, they live in America. <laughs> They're Americans. Mm-hmm. I refer to them as Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I didn't know anything, you know, besides Britney Spears and Backstreet yeah. Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know any English, just highs and lows. Um, but yeah, like, so I come coming in to America with like that blank state of mind. Right. Like it was just a complete culture shock for me. Yeah. To experience. America. Dude, shout out to your parents, man. Your mom and dad. Because uh, based on what you're describing, life was solid back in Vietnam. Yeah. They didn't have to go. Yeah. yeah. And then they decided to take that step, that leap of faith, and go to a different country without knowing much about what was going to happen. And yeah, I mean, you guys came over here. 
and had to start from zero right so i think that's huge man just shout out to your parents yeah. shout out to the immigrant parents for doing that yeah. and changing our lives all the immigrant parents yeah. out there yeah bro shout out to them for real because i don't i don't see myself having a family at this age in my life and moving into a different country with kids yeah 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 because you like, have a sister yeah how's uh that relationship like back then like was it you guys were pretty close back then and then i would say like we were we were close like we'll hang out um yeah we'd hang out a lot like honestly like it's it's always been close like it was always been me and her just two homies yeah hanging out you know when parents are working so so i appreciate my parents popping out another kid for me to hang out with. So shout out to y'all. <laughs> yeah, shout another out. shout out. Yeah, another <laughs> shout out. So in, in Vietnam, pretty active, mm -hmm. um, loving the life that you had. Did How did that change for you when you first moved here? Dude, so it was a complete 180 um, when we came here. You know, we were pretty well off in Vietnam. Coming over here, pretty much had to start from scratch, ground zero. We became, I guess, a low-income household. Um, parents were now both of them were working six days a week like yeah eight or nine hours a day sometimes ten and then money became an issue mm -hmm. right it become a big stress and um, they were just I guess so tired from working all the time um, I guess they became emotionally distant as well I guess I would say me and my sister we grew apart from them Mm -hmm. um, when we came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember, yeah, for, for me growing up in Vietnam, it was, you know, like your own community and everyone like loves you and everything. Mm -hmm. And come over here, you're, you're seen as the outcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether it's like family, friends or, you know, classmates at school. Um, it was always like the outcast. And, you know, on top of parents being just emotionally distant. Like, they took care of us, bro. I can't even complain. Like, mm -hmm. I had food on the table. But as a kid, bro, like, you're, you need that emotional connection with your parents. Mm -hmm. And and Asian parents, like, we all know, right? It's just the culture that they were raised with. So then that's all they knew, mm -hmm. right? But that fact combined with the fact that, you know, I was the outcast, picked on a lot, um, it just led me to just do some, like, mischievous things. Mm -hmm. and act out as a kid so i remember getting into trouble pretty early on like whenever i started um puberty mm -hmm. right like when all the emotions and like everything coming into life um you know my parents were you know working hard not having money at all so i didn't i didn't want to like ask them mm -hmm. so i think I, I learned to be like independent from a young age um, but it started out as like a bad independence, right? Mm -hmm. Like if my parents can't give me anything, then I, I would start stealing things, mm -hmm. right? That's my way of just like not <laughs> relying on my parents mm -hmm. and not putting that stress on them, but doing it the wrong way. And I remember first time getting caught, Oof. bro, like, uh, bro, I was just fucking stealing candy yeah. at Tom Thumb. Um, shout out to Fruit Gushers and Fruit Roll-Ups. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I got caught by the security guard. I mean, man, they called the cops. They called my dad. They called my uncle. And it was just 
bad. How old were you? 13. Oof. I was 13. You were oh. young. I was young, bro. You must have been scared out of your mind. Oh, I was scared out of my mind, bro. Yeah. I shit my pants. And, yeah, I got I got beat after that. And from that moment on, like, my parents became super strict. Like, they did not let me go anywhere. So from 13 to 18, I was pretty much on lockdown, right? Uh, I remember growing up, it was just friends that I have at school. I call them classmates Mm -hmm. and cousins. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I had no other friends. Like, I couldn't go hang out with anyone after school or in the summer. So, like, I remember, like, the the very first day, oh, the very last days of school when all the kids were like, yo, like, we have so much fun this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I'll see you next year, right? And when next year comes, like, you are going to see, or you're n- you're not going to see some of your friends anymore because they move on to d- different classes. Some yeah. move. Right. Schedules change. Segu- yeah, schedule change, like, school changes. So then, like, you, you, you lose touch with a lot of those kids. So I, I was never able to get, like, a constant friendship going. Mm-hmm. Right. Always changing. Didn't have anyone to, like, talk to really or just to like be kids with mm-hmm. all right so it sounds like there were a lot of restrictions oh yeah a lot your parents. a lot like we can we couldn't hang out with our cousins even sometimes because they they were scared of me like going out and and just do dumb shit mm-hmm. um which thinking back about it like i understand it because for them coming into like a brand new country, you don't know anything yeah. besides going to work, right? So then what your kid is potentially going out to, like it could be a scary thing, like the unknown, right? And I looking back at it now, I understand, right? But for, yeah, from 13 to 18, um, pretty much on social isolation, I think I became a very socially inept kid right even though like you know i I was like make friends in in middle school with you um and you know other classmates here and there it was just i I didn't have any social skills right right how was your experience when you started school like going into middle school yeah and then having that in the back of your head yeah So, so middle school um, it was a good time, actually. That was before I got in trouble. Okay. Um, so I remember going, yeah, I met you first day at ESL, and then we, I mean, I was friends with a lot of Mexican people because <laughs> there was a lot of Mexican people in ESL, and I grew up with, with a lot of y'all in sixth grade to eighth grade, right? So I remember just being the uh, pinche chino, at the lunch table oh man yeah yeah and then you know playing soccer with a lot of hispanic people too and just like yeah aquí, aquí. that's when you started learning spanish yeah that, that's too, when man. i started learning spanish trilingual yeah 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 <laughs> and then you know like and people would you know, start calling me chino i was like bro no i'm uh vietnamese i don't even know if that's a word but just like those types of interaction even though it's not in english it was very beneficial for my like development yeah right, right. Like social skills social skills yeah. it's just interacting Making with friends, people yeah playing sports with them yeah, yeah. 
so yeah like middle school was was great like i said in in um in your episode it was a uh, wilson middle school where we went to was a pretty good place very safe place for for kids to be kids right and i think when we transitioned to high school right like everyone had different classes now like mm-hmm. i was no longer friends with you right I mean, we were friends but we don't see each other no more yeah right? so that's when i had to like branch out and and find my own thing mm-hmm. and uh, i remember like you're no longer in yourself you graduated but for me uh i still i still saw myself as an immigrant mm-hmm it was some some sort of weird inferiority complex to where like i i was super scared to make friends with asian people mm. because i thought they were super smart mm-hmm. right because like that stereotypical um what is that word um stereotype yeah that, no, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like asians are smart and i was like bro asians are smart i didn't see myself as an asian i saw myself as an immigrant yeah you were pretty that, smart. That yeah. we're friends you, you, with, you are pretty with smart, Hispanics. Yeah. You are. Smarter than me. <laughs> Dude, math, I remember the middle school days, you would kill it with math. Dude, nobody yeah, could touch yeah. you with math, man. Bro, <laughs> and, and it's because um, the Vietnamese school system, they really hound it into you. Mm-hmm. Like, math was, like, the number one thing that you have to be good at. Um, it's all, like, memorization, too. So I remember, like, we would have to recite things like verbatim, the multiplication table from one to, to 10 mm-hmm. or to 12 even. Mm-hmm. Like you have to remember it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't remember it, do they slap you like hard. I got slapped a couple times yeah. in front of the class. Oof. Bro, it was straight up child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is in Asia though. Like that's how you learn. But uh, when you ask me like why I'm so good at math, like because I got beat so hard for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember it like here at ut dallas studying for calculus i'm i'm not good at math so you know i'm at the math lab every day for an exam and this guy i think we we went to a math lab a few times but i like lived there and then you would still score higher than me <laughs> like damn how bro you should ask me to teach you <laughs> yeah, yeah next time bro <laughs> yeah so going back to high school you were saying um like sheltered in a way because of the the trouble that you got in mm-hmm. And then you still felt like a, an immigrant, mm-hmm. right? So how, I guess, did that change ever as you were moving up through high school? Or when did that change for you? Dude, no, I think it was the same sentiment throughout high school. So I, in a way, like, still saw myself as an immigrant. And couldn't really fit in with the Asian people, right? Nor all the other <laughs> races too. Mm-hmm. For me, I was, I remember being like the quiet kid in the back and just not talk. And that's throughout the whole like day of school. When you go home, like I had, you know, all that energy from not, not talking, not doing anything. And uh, my outlet was just video games and just watching TV. Favorite video game back then? Favorite video games. Bro, I had a lot. I played a lot of games, man. Like, I was spent years, like, hours on top of hours on top of hours playing video games. So I remember it started with the Game Boy. I was playing a lot of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Nice. I was a big Pokemon fanatic. 
and then someone bought me the PS2. Mm-hmm. So I started playing that a lot too. Uh, GTA San Andreas was one yeah. of my favorite because um, it was such a open world game. Like there was the first open world game that I got the experience, and you know not being able to go anywhere, mm-hmm. and you have this world in, right in front of you. You can do whatever you want to do um, for however long you want to do it. Yeah. No consequences. All the cheat codes. All the cheat codes. Bro, bro, cheat bro, codes I went fucking flush. wild. Yeah. Yeah. I spent so Unlimited many hours ammo. on that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's PS2. And then uh, the PS3 came out. My uncle got that for me. So that was the first time I was able to, like, game online. I was like, oh, bro, now I have people to play with. Mm-hmm. Right? So then uh, uh, I remember playing FIFA and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 classic mm-hmm. um but yeah I, st- I poured hours and half of hours on top of that too that was when i really got into like open world games mm-hmm. bro i love adventure games mm-hmm. just getting lost in like assassin's creed and far cry like those games like it's like you you have a character that's like created for you and then you have the, all these side quests that you get to go on like these missions mm-hmm. um it was just really captivating man like i, sp- I poured all my energy into that because i had no friends and and whenever like in those games like you have kind of like a crew with you it's like damn okay like, i have a squad with me mm-hmm. let's go so so that was that pretty much throughout my my high school years like i, I remember telling you guys like i didn't i didn't have like, anyone to hang out with like, i didn't go to prom mm. You know, like, it was just, it wasn't even something that was on my mind, mm-hmm. right? Because right. I know that was going to be a no. I mean, I thought it was going to be a no if I asked my parents. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, no, you know what? I'm not even going to ask. Dude, so. so going back to the video games, I think that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. There's a common theme within your story. Like, when you were a kid, you like to explore. You go to the video games, and you like to play games where you get to explore as well. And now, currently, you love to travel like to go camping yeah Do, is that like a consistent theme that you see as well or is that something i think so too man i think i'm a very inquisitive person like i just enjoy figuring things out and exploring a lot of things um yeah like as a kid like you know like take my bike and just ride all over the neighborhood like, i would go to the park with my grandpa and i think that that's what really cemented that sense of exploration for me mm-hmm. and yeah with these video games too man like i would remember the maps are so big that you would have like fast travel points right from one place to another place mm-hmm. but now nah, bro like i would just hop in a car or just get on a horse right and just ride mm. across the map and just check out the scenery even yeah. though i know it's like virtual but uh-huh. it's just like it's just cool to check it out mm-hmm. you know like, oh look at the mountains over there look at the river mm-hmm. you know so that was yeah like i i love exploring yeah so then like once i was able to like go travel like you know damn well i'm gonna go explore yeah yeah for sure dude so speaking of exploring let's talk about college because i think college is like formative years for everybody and that's also when we get to explore so many different things right yeah so how was the college experience for you at UT Dallas? Dude, so it started out <laughs> kind of all right. So, you know, graduating high school, I was able to 
start driving now, right? Like you need a you need a car in order to like do things. My parents are working, so I they got me a car so I can go to school and then take my sister to school as well. Um, so when I got the car, like a little bit more freedom, you know what I mean? Uh, started just like hanging out with people more, and but these people were friends from from high school mm -hmm. so it was still like you know that comfort zone like so some of the classmates that i had like i guess we became better friends now that i can like hang out with them more so like that was like the first year or so and then yeah during that time i was hanging out with this this guy from high school as well mm -hmm. and um yeah like like i was up to no good dude part of a like a bad crew to be around mm -hmm. but i didn't know any better man like it's just me being a young kid, very naive, and just just experiencing freedom for the first time. Like, um, yeah, like I started going down a bad route, you know, like lots of drinking, uh, discovered marijuana for the first time, and you know, hanging out with that guy on an unfortunate night in 2013, like two days after the new year. Um, yeah, we just rolling around in the car smoking like idiots, got pulled over, and I went to jail. Yeah, I think, yeah, first semester of sophomore year in college. Dang, so you're, what, 19? 19. Uh, so that was the beginning of my UTD years. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, you know, dude, I'm very grateful for for meeting you because after what happened, I was, like, the, at the lowest point of my life. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I have no sense of direction whatsoever. And then you came around with a flyer, right? You're like, yo, bro, like, you want to you wanna go through this? And is, this flyer was for AK Psy, which is a, um, like, a business co-ed fraternity. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like, you know what? Like, why not? I ain't got nothing else to do, bro. I don't want to go back to jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So we decided to go. And that was the first time where I had to, like, put myself out there to meet people. And it was a life-changing experience for me, dude. Like, going to that Rush event, mm -hmm. uh, we got into the, the business fraternity. Uh, we didn't stay there for long, but it, it taught us a lot about things that you can do to improve your business resume to, to find a job later. Yeah. Um, and through that, we found like a solid group of friends, like the first group of friends that I ever had to where I don't, I didn't feel like I'm just like a wallpaper, uh, a wallflower mm -hmm. on a wall and just like observing. But like, this is the first time where I had genuine like human connections and like actually cared about me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was, life-changing so dude thank you for dude. for showing me that flyer <laughs> thank and you thanks for, thanks thank for you going for. with me dude like i don't think i would have went alone i wouldn't have went alone that's yeah, why i asked you, you bro. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah okay so that was what sophomore year that was sophomore year and throughout junior as well that's when all of that like developed mm -hmm. we're just trying to get on daniel's level bro with yeah. the professionalism yeah bro no i remember you guys yeah. were suited on sundays yeah yeah, yeah. right missing yeah. football yeah. Bro. and i missing was like football. whoa these guys are dedicated you guys are serious. like suited on a sunday yeah. going to different workshops yeah. it seemed like a good way to learn more about the professional world yeah. and you guys were doing it yeah yeah yeah, cool. yeah. so fun story 
we uh for i guess while we were rushing the fraternity um there was a fundraiser project that we had to do i think we had to raise about you remember the amount it was close to 700 yeah 700 750 uh, that we needed to raise i think all of us in the rush group were big procrastinators and we only got like 250 <laughs> we were selling cookies mm-hmm. for like 250 dollars so like 500 dollars short right and that was around the same time where daniel started his dollar for college business and me being the connector that i am uh i told the group I was like yo like i know a business guy and he's willing to give us 500 dollars if we want to do business with him right they're like okay okay all right we're interested and then next thing next thing you know like we got daniel and the group together and daniel's proposition was uh we would have the group pass out flyers for his business in order in order for us to get 500 dollars in fundraising money dude yeah that was a, a fun event yeah. for sure it was a partnership it was a partnership i think that's when we started learning more about it together yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember you reaching out. You were like, man, we're doing a fundraiser. And then we talked about it. Yeah. And then we were running around the neighborhoods, yeah. passing out flyers. Yeah. But, dude, yeah, that's pretty cool how that organization, AKSI, helped you guys develop as people and how you met, more importantly, the friends during your college years. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool, man, that you took the initiative to do that. Were you looking into other things at the same time during your college years? Like, what made you get into finance? Bro, to be honest, I don't... I never really wanted to get in finance. Like, I didn't... Like, I chose business because it was a stable way to make money, right? And I knew that I needed to start making money in order to help my parents out. Right, so what is the safest way for me to get money? Right, so it started with accounting. I didn't really like it, but people were like, "Dude, accounting, you get big money." I was like, "All right, I'll keep accounting, but I'll do finance as well." And then when we got into like the higher level accounting, bro, I was like, "Dude, this is not for me." Mm-hmm. I dropped that and just became finance only. Um, but yeah, going through it like all four years, man. Like, I don't think finance was for me. Like, I get it, the math part, but overall, it was just kind of like unmotivating right it's super strict mm-hmm. like these are the the things that you have to do formula wise and I mean, this is just how numbers work i get it but i didn't like it yeah but, but i graduated with a finance degree i have a degree there you yeah. go Dude, <laughs> that's what matters there you bro. go yeah it's a big big yeah. win for sure especially coming from an immigrant background yeah. i think for all of us same for me like accounting first and I was like, oh, what am I doing yeah, in accounting? Dude. This is not for me. And then I went to tech. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing in tech <laughs> still, but we'll figure we it out. Yeah. 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 Dude, we did finance together. Yeah. Dang. We did. In this classroom. In this classroom. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> the classroom <laughs> that me and Daniel had together for a personal financial planning class. So it was yeah, dude. Honestly, like I'll I'll take that back. I think personal financial planning is one of the most important things that people should be knowledgeable about, right? Not not corporate finance, but personal financial planning, right? If you 
are able to like handle your money and budget and and take care of it like that's how you accumulate wealth not just it's not just about earning money it's about you handle it once you have it and that was the biggest lesson that i guess i learned from college is personal financial planning yeah yeah make money work for you yeah yeah for sure so that was sophomore year AKSI, mm-hmm. and you said, I mean, we didn't join it for too long. So, what was it like afterwards? So, I guess junior year and then senior year. Yeah. So junior year and senior year, man. Uh, it's funny because like those are the years that I've started working, started um, learning how to earn money like on my own. Like no longer have to like steal shit, but now like I can use my whether it's talent or time in order to earn money. So I think it started with working at a nail salon as a receptionist, right? And then um, applying for a job at Marshall's, stacking clothes, man. like Retail. Retail. Hated that job. Yeah. And then Daniel hit me up. He's like, bro, uh, you want to go mow lawns with, uh, with me and, and Mauricio? And at that time, like, dude, I think that's when we started connecting again, right? Yeah, being friends. I was like, yo, like, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, cash money. Let's do it. Yeah, you were working hard, bro. 18 houses a day in the Ooh, Texas heat. In yeah. Texas heat. Bro, those are the days where we had like three months straight triple digit yeah. weather and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was hot. Tough. It was tough. And then it wasn't only just mowing lawns, like, you were helping out other people move. Remember that time we helped? Oh, that that's right. That's right. Move. Yeah. And then yeah. what else? Uh, just doing like bigger jobs. Like right. you would show up and like do the mulching. And yeah. yeah, you were putting in work, man. Like that was my first attempt into making money the honest way. And it felt good, man. Like you, I no longer have to steal shit. <laughs> and to be able to know that I can generate income if I put enough work into it <laughs> is life changing. Yeah. That, that switch that goes off in your head, I can never go back, dude. Mm-hmm. And it just opened up my mind to a whole new world. So then after that, started to get into serving at Siri Movie Grill. And then we found Excel Technology. Shout yeah. out to Leeson for, for showing us that. Shout right. out to the boy. Leeson F, baby. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how I walked into it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. So then, you know, doing all, all those, you know, jobs here and there, like I, I was able to, like, you know, get some money going. But then, like, once I had money, I started just, like, partying and drinking again. And uh, I started going to that same path that I was going down, you know, before I got arrested. I remember um, during one of my binges junior year, uh, you know, I posted on Snapchat about it. And then you, I remember you specifically chatted me back saying, bro, focus. And I was Dang. like damn you know like for him to say something like that like it, it must mean something mm-hmm. all right so then like the next day i was like all right bet i'm just gonna go like fucking focus let's try to just do some productive things i remember that day i started applying for maybe like a couple jobs five or six jobs online and somehow i ran across like a kpmg position I, I knew I was super unqualified for it. I didn't know shit. Like, but I lied. I I told them I was 
proficient in Excel. <laughs> bro, you are. <laughs> you are, bro. <laughs> At that point, I wasn't, dude. I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything, but it's behind anyways, you know, shoot your shot. And I was able to get an interview there and eventually got an internship at KPMG. Top four, well, right? Top big big four. four. That's huge. That was huge for, for the amount of knowledge or work that I put into it. Like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And it, it changed the course of my life. Like, I didn't necessarily do a lot of things at KPMG, but just having that on a resume, like, helped me to secure a job yeah. after I graduated. Secure and that changed my family's life. Like, we no longer had to stress about money, dude. And it was, like, one of the most, like, mentally freeing things, like, I saw in my parents, right? Like, they had they had a kid who's kind of, like, a fuck-up, right? Getting in trouble with the law a lot and not knowing how, like, we were going to fare out as a family going forward. Like, it was, I mean, I think it was big for them and it's big for me yeah yeah no yeah. that's big yeah i remember you practicing before the interview right you were yeah. trying to plan your pitch yeah or like going to career fairs suited up and just that shaking hands yeah and it was new to all of us yeah, yeah right man. we weren't used to it yeah but dude you were showing up to the career fair and passing out your resume yeah and then you finally landed yeah that big internship yeah dude Dude, so shout out to Daniel and Luis because, like, the night before my interview, like, I went over to their house and they pretty much did a mock interview for me mm. and asked me all these professional ass questions that no one really asked me before. And that really helped me, like, get into the right mindset. And, dude, I killed that interview, like, nice. because of you guys. So, you, man. Yeah. Dude, Just I can't think bar. of any, any other two people to do a mock interview with than daniel and his dude, brother Luis. Straight up, yeah man. they know how the business world works yeah yeah dude and then big shout out to you for not only like in a way i guess showing thing how to make money with the hard days of work but also to like just get him to focus right dude 100 percent. there it's all you man yeah. all you dude but yeah remember so that was in downtown the KPMG mm-hmm. internship. Mm-hmm. Remember whenever you would take the dart, I like go all the way over there, dude. That was a cool experience. It was a cool experience. Like, what are your key takeaways from that experience? Hold on, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it before. You were also reading then. You started reading um, the book about introverts, right? Uh, quiet. No, quiet. You know that was that. No, that was after. Oh, that was after. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, yeah, like taking taking a dart down to to downtown Dallas. That was a unique experience for me because it was the first time I was disciplined. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like waking up at 530 in the morning, get ready to make sure I, I get to my dart station. You couldn't at, miss. At yeah. yeah, I can't miss it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Can't miss it. To be able to do that every single day, five days a week for – three months it completely changed the way i operated as a person because before that you know like just used to waking up at eight at the earliest you know and then just just fuck around mm-hmm. in class and not really doing anything that experience like got me to straighten up 
And without that, that habit change, like, I don't think I was able to graduate college, mm. to be honest with you. Shout out KPMG. to you, man. Yeah. Dude, shout so, out to you. <laughs> was it Excel first and then KPMG? Yeah, Excel okay. first, KPMG. And I think KPMG was the last job I had um, before graduating and, and getting the gig at Avenade. Mm-hmm. Avenade. And that was your first corporate job? Yeah. Nice. First corporate job. How long were you there for? A year and a half. Yeah, it was all the way in Irving, and uh, yeah, I would take the the dart every day, um, like an hour and a half over there, and that was the first time I started reading books, and that was really cool. It was very mind expanding. Like I've never read before, dude. Like <laughs> from the day I was born to I want to say like twenty two, twenty two years old. Like I ne- never really finished a book. Like mm-hmm. I had to read books in in school because you had to but on my own never read until that point yeah that changed my life too to yeah. be able to know that there are ideas out there that you can just read and those ideas become implanted in your mind right and those ideas float around and they intertwine with your ideas mm-hmm. of something that you had and then when those interact with each other like it creates like a brand new idea it's kind of like idea sex you know what i mean <laughs> and it creates like a like a baby idea that yeah it's a good way to put it yeah that's what it is yeah so i love books man what's uh your favorite book my favorite book um yeah one of the best ones i, I recommended to you guys which is quiet right um it by susan kane it really helps break down the psychology of an introvert which i think i am an introvert um yeah because of the whole experience growing up, you know, being isolated, it it made me turn inwards and internalize things, mm-hmm. right? It made me think about things a lot more instead of just, like, blurring it out. Because mm. I couldn't blur it out. Like, mm-hmm. who am I going to say it to, yeah. right? So a lot of, like, mental thoughts going on. So I always knew it was an introvert. Um, but after reading that book, man, like, Susan Cain really help show you like okay so you're an introvert but these are the ways that you can incorporate into your life to where it can maximize your your effectiveness in terms of communicating with other people Mm. uh, using your introvertedness Mm -hmm. as a strength instead of being a weakness Mm. right because like i feel like we're in a an extroverted dominant culture right the more you're out there talking to people like the more you're gonna succeed mm-hmm. right but that book really showed you like hey like you can be quiet but also succeed at the same time dude you're so good with people i think you are the most charismatic guy that i personally know don't and no lie check bro. This out. dude like you just smile and then people get happy like they let their guards down mm-hmm. and then you start the conversation you're a friendly guy man and that's something that I admire about you. Like you're super approachable and the way that you apply that to your daily life is huge. And the way you apply it with Momo Shack too. I think that that's one of the biggest things. Do you see that as well with uh, like Momo Shack and just like in general nowadays? I, I can kind of see that. Like you guys tell me that all the time, but like deep inside, I, I still feel like that kid who's like alone in his room. Mm. You know what I mean? And 
don't know how to talk to people. And I think my way of trying to like hide that is being friendly to people. You know what I mean? And somehow over the years, like I, I kind of like pick up like social cues of when people are like uncomfortable, when they're relaxed, when they're wanting to talk about something versus when they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm okay at it. I want to be better. I, I really do want to be better. And it's going to take a lot more practice. And I'm super grateful for the Momo Shack experience because it allows me to get that hands-on experience of talking to people. Mm-hmm. The very first day at the farmer's market, man, like, dude, you get the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to say to these people selling Himalayan dumplings? Bro, I'm Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had Momo's like twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to say? But the fact that we're able to just like break that silence mm-hmm. and just say hi to people like hey good morning mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me yeah not even like trying to sell them something but just like hey good morning mm-hmm. while keeping eye contact shit's yeah. fucking hard bro yeah. random I mean, strangers walking yeah. by yeah. yeah yeah getting rejected yeah right dude we got rejected about <laughs> at least 500 times if not a thousand times dude. yeah <laughs> dude we got rejected so hard <laughs> you're right yeah yeah dude you guys were always in the front and y'all would kill it yeah it was crucial man it was, it was like much needed especially we didn't even know that we would have to really like talk to people i guess like it was never something we thought of we just knew to show up yeah and then figure the rest out dude you're right we developed a pitch from nothing on the spot on yeah. the spot and like we we're all like just trying to sell it getting people to try it getting yeah. them excited yeah then uh without the samples like we had to level up that pitch that right pitch. just to describe it well right. but yeah i think overall like dude you killed it just like learning from the mistakes i think that's another thing about you that you go go through something and you learn from it and then change it up and improve so that's a something that i've been seeing throughout the years thanks man yeah i think for me like one of the yeah you, you said it perfectly is the philosophy of doing something and the best teacher is experience right the experience that you you get from going through anything whether that that's selling momos right or going through the schooling system or getting arrested or mm-hmm. just hanging out with the wrong people just, it all teaches you something, whether it's a failure or a success. Like you learn from it at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Dude, just like with this podcast, like let's talk about what you do with the with the podcasting, right? All the behind the scenes, the wires, the sound, the mics, the camera, the camera stand, like you name it. That's all you, bro. <laughs> We're just like, hey, we just got to show up and figure <laughs> out how to, like, have a conversation. Dude, super, super thankful for taking care of all that stuff. So I guess talk us through what it is exactly that that's going on in your mind whenever you're like, you know, okay, we're about to start a podcast. Like, what's the first thing that you think of? Dude, so, I mean, 
the very first time that we even brought this up, like, okay, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, all right, bet, let's do a podcast. I didn't know shit about doing a podcast, right? So that night, dude, came home. And, like, I started just enrolling to YouTube University, nice. right? Um, it's going down the rabbit hole, like, three or four hours, like, late into the night, just, like, researching what kind of equipment, what, you know, audio things that we need, what kind of mics. There's so many different types of mics. And then, like, once you get the mic, like, how are you going to, like, record the audio? Are you going to, like, connect it to the computer? Are you going to have, like, a mixer? And then that's just the audio version. I started just diving into, like, the camera, too. Mm-hmm. Right? What is the best type of camera? I still don't know what the best type of camera is. But we just got one, and then we'll find out as we go. We learn from it. Yeah. Right? If mm-hmm. it's not good, like, what's not good about it? Let's try to find something that, that has something better. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I know what the best type of camera is. What kind of camera? Whatever camera you say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. <laughs> You're like, this is what I recommend. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah done, done. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's that that is absolutely crucial, right? Because I I'm not really the type to really you know dive into things like that. I'm more like I just need to know some basics and then right. we'll get started. But with you being there, like it helps us out a lot. Dude, a lot. yes, thank you. Yeah, like the Either technical MVP, director, bro. MVP, young thing, MVP. young thing, dude. Hey, man, like. Appreciate you guys for letting me do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would say, like, I'm still, a, like, a rookie in this, like, technical game. But it's very fun for me to, like, gather all these research and have you guys trust me enough mm-hmm. to make that executive decision on, like, what we're going to do with it. That's awesome, man. Like, it makes me feel valued. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And... And yeah, it can only get better from here. Because, I mean, to everyone who's listened to our episodes, like, do episode zero, audio-wise, is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. You hear everything in the background. We recorded it on the phone, right? Yeah, we recorded it on the phone. On the iPhone. Yeah. And then gradually, like, you listen to it, and you kind of pinpoint out, like, what was it that we messed up, mm-hmm. right? Was it the location? Was it, like, us banging on the table? Was it, like, the app that we were using? Mm-hmm. Like, was it the right program? Like, you learn from all of it after you do it. Yeah. You know? 100%. You can't, you, you don't know during, but you learn from, from your mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So, continuous improvement. You love to get into the process, into the nitty-gritty of stuff, and, like, figure it out, which is crucial. What are some other things that you really enjoy? Uh, it doesn't have to be moment track related, but just in general. What I really enjoy. It's a great question, man. Like, I enjoy nature. Like, for me, like, being in nature is just one of the best therapeutic escapes from the daily stresses. And, like, I love exploring new trails. I love going out and just setting up my hammock. Mm -hmm. Just enjoying the breeze thinking about whatever that's on my mind yeah dude like something that i really enjoy is not doing anything that's some of the best days i've had of just me sitting in a field mm-hmm. lighting a j and just think about life 
what I can do better, you know, what I, what I did good and what I should continue doing mm-hmm. and what I should stop doing. I, I like reflecting on life. You know what I mean? I enjoy reading. I love listening to podcasts. I think what you just said there is, is pretty key, like reflecting on life, like reflecting on what you've done, what you should keep doing and what you should stop doing. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people probably are in that same cycle. So for you to do that often and, you know, kind of make it like your core, your DNA, that just means, you know, continuous improvement, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. which is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think, yeah, I, I truly believe, like, life's about balance. You know what I mean? Like, for, for us, like, we work fucking hard because we have, you know, a full-time job and Momo Shack at the same time, right? Like, we're going 150 miles per hour doing all of this, and it gets tough, you know, sometimes when you don't get the chance to recharge and yeah. take, take a step back from it and just look at what the fuck we're actually doing. And talk about it. Yeah, I think the balance is like, you know, for every 150 miles per hour that you do, just have a session to where like you're going zero miles per hour and just reflect in that stillness. Mm -hmm. I think it's much needed. Dude, yeah. Now that's key. Taking some time to think about life and then using that moving forward. Is there like a perfect camping day? for you like you could go anywhere it can be outside of the u.s and you want to go camping there and just like break it down to us yeah dude yes i do have that in mind i've been thinking about it so it would have to be somewhere along the rockies right i prefer the rocky side of the u.s versus the the appalachian side like the trees are different the mountains are different so somewhere along the Rockies, you know, it has to have like a base lake, right? And how you get up there, I prefer <laughs> not to be like a strenuous hike. Yeah. yeah. I prefer, you know, four to six miles tops. Because um, I don't know, dude, my, my legs can't handle that shit. More than that, like I start cramping. It's not a good time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, four to six, hike up, you know, make it like a little bit challenging, but not too challenging to where I'm like exhausted. Um, yeah, hike up to that base lake, pitch up my tent, and then fish for my meal. Well, ideally, I would want to catch one, you know what I mean, and not go hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, I, I feel like that would be, like, the ideal camping scenario. And nice. it has to be, like, clear skies, no raining. Yeah, so yeah. 70s-ish. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty fun, man. Yeah. yeah. Take us, bro. We're ready. Bro, I've been trying to tell y'all, like, you should go with me, but you we'll don't. We'll get a cabin. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys are about glamping. Yeah. Dude, my first time, I guess, I don't know what, what you would call this, but camping? We went camping? My first time, like, legit pitching a tent. Mm-hmm. Camping was with you. Yeah. Yeah. Really? With you and Sass, yeah. Yeah. I've never done that, because I think it's more, like, you do it with your family as, you know, when you're growing up here, but... Yeah. We never really did it. Yeah. So, bro, we should go, man. I think for me, dude, the very first time I went camping solo, for me, that was such a big thing. Being in the woods as like developing man, like it was, it was like a rite of passage in a way. I feel like 
guys should go out into nature and just like soak in that silence because that's what a man needs you know what i mean just silence <laughs> away from from all the the stresses of women <laughs> yeah what do you mean bro yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. can you elaborate <laughs> No, but that's yeah. for the next episode. Bro. Next episode. Yeah. Next episode. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I feel like we should all go. Because I think it, it's good to unplug away from civilization. Like, we can get some pretty good ideas going mm-hmm. while just, like, sitting by a campfire and just... You know, I'm down. Yeah. Let's make it happen, yeah. bro. I'm a city Dude, boy. <laughs> honestly, like, we, we can start with glamping if you guys want. Just, like, introduce you to it. And then if you like it, we'll go. If not, we'll do glamping again until you like it. <laughs> and then we'll go. <laughs> yeah, 2021. Dude. Yeah, let's do it. 2021. We'll let's, do it. Yeah. let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so you also love traveling. Tell us tell us about the different countries you've been to. Dude, honestly, haven't been too much. I've been to Thailand, Mexico, Brazil, Vietnam, and Nepal. So that was like only five countries. You know what I mean? But for me, dude, like, I never got to go anywhere growing up. So when I do go, I make it kind of extra. You go ham. I go ham. Just being extra about it on IG. So excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of IG, what's the handle? Thangling93. Thangling93. Yeah. Check him out. Yeah. DM him. Yeah. Any personal questions, send it his way. Yeah, send it my way. Got you. Yeah. So five countries, dude, but five countries like very different countries. Yeah. Right? So yeah. how how has that experience been for you? And it, like, I guess what, what country do you have on your radar next? Dude, the trip that we went on um, to Thailand, me, you, and Sass, like that trip completely changed my life and how I look at things. It taught me a lot about myself on how I respond to the unknown. Right, that was the first time like I travel internationally, besides Vietnam, and first time I traveled internationally without my parents, which is with two of my boys, you know, in Thailand, being 25 years old, mm-hmm. like bro. <laughs> yeah, that was a great time. We were able to like meet so many people, and for me to like meet new people like that, like it was just super new. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I mean, you're, you're good at it. Trying. Trying. Oh, you're, you're a beast, man. Yeah. That trip, like, changed my life. I would say, like, the rest of the countries that I've been to, they've always been, like, on my radar. Mm-hmm. Like, for Nepal, right? Momoshag, of course. And Vietnam, it was just me paying homage to, is it homage or homage? I don't know. Guess we'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Guess yeah. we'll never know. Yeah, we'll, never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Paying tribute. Tribute. There you go. Yeah. To to my motherland. All right. So you have to. Brazil. You know, I went there. I think I I've I've always had a fascination with Brazilian culture. Like growing like growing up like my favorite soccer team was Brazil. Like I grew up in I would say like Brazil's like golden age when you had like Ronaldinho. The other Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah. 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 Right. Roberto Carlos. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, watching them as a kid, like, 
every single match. Like in Vietnam, I would follow them, like wake up at like two in the morning just to catch a match just like in South America. So I, I loved them growing up. So when I had the chance to go uh, with Sass, bro, I took it right away. So that was my Brazil trip. And then Mexico. Yeah, man, like I grew up with Hispanics for like three years of my life in ESL. And Mexico is right next door. You know what I mean? So I had to. Like I love the food, I love the culture, I love the people. So it's something that I'm always going to explore. Like it's just a huge country. Yeah. There's so many parts. I definitely want to go back. Music. Music, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And you got two tattoos in uh, one of those trips, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us more about it? They're pretty cool, man. Yeah. This one right here, um, I got it in Nepal. And this is the eyes of Buddha, right? It's, it's like a symbol for Nepali Buddhism slash Hinduism. And for me, I've always been an atheistic kind of person mm-hmm. um, growing up. You know, my my parents are like Buddhist, but they didn't really like force us to do anything. So I didn't really follow it. I was subscribing hard to like the scientific culture, you know, just you can't prove it then like you can't prove it mm-hmm. but yeah like once i got started into like medita- meditation and and all of that like you know i started getting to like the more spiritual realm mm-hmm. and going to nepal dude like that was one of the biggest religious country that i've ever seen in my life yeah yeah so like just walking around the place like you can feel there's some sense of spirituality like within everybody mm-hmm. right old young men women just everyone's religious so uh, uh, that was actually pretty cool for me to see um so like this symbol man like is plastered everywhere in nepal like in all the temples even on houses they have it. yeah um so yeah i just want to pay pay tribute to to that religion of the country um i i want this arm to be just like religions of the world Ooh. yeah nice so, so on the back i have uh, like a thai buddhist scripture and then this you know the the nepali buddhism eyes and i don't know what else i'm gonna get next but i want it to be like religion inspired yeah and then this one i got in vietnam and it's a it's a it's a turtle you see it turtle with half traditional style of a turtle and the other is like geometric and this is a tribute to my mom. Uh, her name is Wee, which is also the the name of the turtle in Vietnamese. The turtle is one of the four sacred animals in the Vietnamese culture. It stands for longevity and wisdom. And my mom is the one that I would say like has been guiding my my moral compass growing up. Like she's she's the reason why I do things. Yeah, just want to get a tribute for her on this arm. And yeah, like funny story, like I got this tattoo for free <laughs> uh, at the hostel I stayed at. Like they had <laughs> free is the way to go, bro. Yeah, um, they had a raffle for it, and dude, I don't think anybody participated yeah. in the raffle. So then I, and the person I am, I struck up a conversation with the owner of the hostel in Vietnamese, in my broken-ass Vietnamese. And I was like, yo, like, you know, can I 
like if no one's gonna get it like you know, I can get it you know give give me a little Vietnamese discount he was like yeah sure like you can have all the raffles mm-hmm. and so I gave <laughs> uh, Lisa got a free tattoo too yeah off of it so yeah dude, yeah your charms bro I'm telling you <laughs> I got I benefited off of it <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta like tag along yeah. and then everything is I got uh, you bro everything else is t- <laughs> tattoos <laughs> nice yeah. it's the secret he's gonna get with thing that's that's thing secret sauce. Yeah. Just a smile. The charms. Yeah. Smile. We are looking at you guys with the mic. We were starting to talk about hip-hop. You're speaking of hip-hop, so I know hip-hop was a big thing for you as well growing up. So take us back to, like, when you first moved here and then how that correlates to just hip-hop and how that helped you, you know, just acclimate to the culture here. Dude, for me, like, hip-hop was my bridge to pop culture. So at a very young age, you know, coming coming here, I noticed that whatever that's popular in school or like the popular culture, it stems from like the biggest hit that's going around at that time, right? Any dances that was going off, it's because of a rap song. Mm-hmm. So I remember like lean with it, rock with it, right? Two step, walk it out. Um, so just me like observing the culture through hip hop, like whatever was popping. Like, I got to listen to it just so, like, I can relate to my classmates mm-hmm. uh, at school. But at the same time, I didn't understand any of it. I'm still learning English. I didn't say, understand any of the songs. I just know it's catchy and people like it. So, I, fuck it. I like it, too. You know, it's, like, all the popular songs when I was growing up, before I knew English, it was, like, you know, 50 Cent, Eminem, um, you know, Usher, Chris Brown, T-Pain, bro. Dude, it was, like, yeah, 12, 13 you know, being a super fob, mm-hmm. never been to a strip club in my life, but listening yeah. to T-Pain, bro, like, bro, I'm in love with a stripper <laughs> too. Yeah. I don't know what the yes. <laughs> man, but. Yeah. yeah, and then who else was, like, popular that I, like, just listened to? But yeah, I think those were, like, the main ones, you know. 50 Cent and Eminem, they were pretty big. Like, oh, 50 Cent's crew, like, G-Unit. G-Unit. Oh, was yeah. it G-Unit. The Game. Yeah, Lloyd Banks, Lloyd The Banks, Game. Tony Ayo. Tony Ayo. Young Buck. Young Buck. Oh my God. All right. Um, and after that, there there was this time in hip hop where y'all remember like the fifty cent and Kanye West feud? Oh like, between yeah. the two albums. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So that was towards the end of my ESL career. Like that's when I started learning more English. I understand it now. I like researched into the feud, right? And I was like, oh, who's this Kanye West guy? Uh, I started listening to his music and it was like wow comparing to kanye west music to like 50 cents music is very different 50 cent was like very thug Mm -hmm. right very streets like you sell drugs you get shot like uh, when i started understanding it i was like bro i don't relate to any of this Mm -hmm. right but like kanye west though like you know you you're not even rapping about being thug like you're rapping about pink polos and you rapping about sampling gospel music mm-hmm. right just making like good music without the need to to incite violence or or drug started really like vibing with that and from kanye west comes kid cuddy so that was very pivotal for my like development you know whenever i couldn't hang out with anyone not have anyone to like you know talk to like kid cuddy talked to me bro like he yeah. was the one that kind of like revolutionized the emotional rapper. Mm-hmm. He was the one that talked about like, yo, like I'm Mr. Solo Dolo. Like it's okay 
like being alone like i've been alone and i, I do i tapped into that so like ninth and 10th grade bro like man on the moon was my album mm-hmm. yeah after that i still you know hung on to like the popular music that's the way to like understand like what's going on culture right yeah. the culture i think i was really vibing to like the culture of like the high school kids at that time which is like Wiz Khalifa and oh, yeah. Mac Miller when they were like coming up in the game, mm-hmm. right? Mixtapes, dude, those were fire. I say like old old Wiz is better than the new Wiz, hundred percent. But yeah, that was like junior and senior year, like listening to Wiz and, and Mac before I even like smoke weed. It's like listening to them because like, I lo- I love their flow and their music. So after that, graduated high school, going to college, dude. I'm so grateful to like to be in college, right? Experience that freedom and listening to whatever you can find on the internet because that was the age of like the the blog. Mm-hmm. Right? You find new music to blog and that was when like the golden generation of hip hop was putting out music via the internet. So you have like Big Sean, ASAP Rocky, you know, that's when Drake, Kendrick, and J. Cole were coming out with their like freshman albums right mm-hmm. like dude that was hot and i remember like listening to them uh, you got you got like the the young gez you know you got logic i uh, listened to all of them and and they grew as i grew as well mm-hmm. right so like when you start hitting that the sophomore albums like th- that's when they got better and that's when like you know we got better as people we understood more mm-hmm. so i really vibe with that and one of the biggest influences during that time, too, was Childish Gambino. So he was the first rapper that really, like, took it to the mainstream, the subjects of, like, being made fun of and being bullied and not fitting in. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely vibe with that. And he was one of my favorites. Still is, like, artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to this day. My very first concert was Childish Gambino Camp. Legendary, dude. Which, one of the best shows. Which venue? I think it was Southside Ballroom. Nice. Yeah. Best show I've ever been to. It was the first show. And yeah, like, I think the, the golden generation of hip-hop was really, like, what influenced me as a person. Dude. Just even, like, just Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. Mm-hmm. When they were just dropping albums after albums after albums. Like, that, that's all I, like, that's all I would bump to. Dude, that like, was in fire. The, that was fire, yeah. bro. Yeah. Marvin's Room. Marvin's Room. <laughs> pound cake yeah yeah you were the plug for sure like finding out new music and then being like hey man listen to this like i remember we were working out one time and we were doing triceps and then you're like bro i found this dope artist nobody knows about him and it was g easy g easy dude and i was like dude this is pretty good bro the young g easy was fucking prime like when he was he was still making his own beats and he was like, you know, still hungry from New Orleans. He was still in college. Bro, he goes hard. Man, I miss it. I miss those days, like finding out new music on, on the blog. What about current uh, hip hop artists? Are you keeping up with what's new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say like I really like J. Cole still. Like mm-hmm. he I think he's still one of the top top dogs in the hip hop game. Kendrick too. Like he hasn't dropped a, an album for a bit but i think once he, once he does drop it's gonna be bars right now like i i really like dreamville mm. like the whole dreamville crew like they have special talent man mm-hmm. 
and not just like individual talent like they work very well together and they make very good collaboration mm-hmm. yeah so like revenge of the dreamers 3 fucking fire dude artists that are about like the collaboration culture too like i really dig that instead mm-hmm. of like you know just me making my own song like yo like let's come into the studio together and just make a banger together yeah and i think it resonates with me because that's what we were about mm-hmm. you know what i mean like each of us can do our own thing but we know that when we combine our efforts together and everything mm-hmm. it'll be a lot better than how we could do it individually yeah for sure yeah so what's your like dream collab of artists Damn. you can't say the momo boys, yeah, momo boys. <laughs> <laughs> i drop a, a song yeah, yeah, yeah. 2021 yeah great question dude i would say dream collab that's hard like of current artists you just whoever you want yeah yeah you got the charms bro you can make it happen <laughs> smile, <laughs> just smile. <laughs> um bro that's hard do you have one daniel yeah well you, you think you can go first while i think about this let me think about it i have one Dude, go, go for it's it. three yeah so drake j cole and the weekend okay i can see that okay 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 Dang. yeah yeah that would be fire yeah, yeah. i want to say kendrick and bino and cole goes in on a cole produced beat Ooh. yeah sounds like fire dude. yeah dang there's also kanye i forgot dude. about kanye yeah. no kanye's a producer now kanye bro. Like, produced beats. yeah dude i would go with jay-z McMill, and then throw something from the West Coast. I think uh, Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich. Yeah. Okay, dude. Dude, he got a nice flow. He does. Yeah. yeah. Yo, so like, let me ask y'all something. What are y'all looking for in like a good hip hop song? Like, what are the things that you look for in in a good song? Dang. Dude, the beat. Okay. So it catches my attention yeah. first then the message and the flow i think that's why i picked those top three because of their message yeah of just like working hustling yeah and that's what i play yeah yeah okay i say beat for sure because that's attention right right Mm -hmm. off the bat Mm -hmm. and then the hook or the chorus that's where the weekend comes in yeah yeah, yeah, there you go and then the the message so that's you know Cole, Drake. Okay. Heartbreak Drake. Yeah. Heartbreak Drake. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's good. That was a good one. Yeah. Dude, dude, for me, like, I think first and foremost, like, you got to have flow. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to bring some bars. And then it's the message and the beat. Like, I think the beat can – no, actually, no. No, nah, no. Nah. Okay, beat goes third. Okay, so flow – message beat but i think i'd have all three yeah right? yeah but that's my like order yeah yeah it's crucial yeah all three yeah all three you're gonna have all three you yeah, need yeah, yeah, it. yeah 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 nice you used to rap back in the day no i didn't like <laughs> right <laughs> no, i did it right some uh flows and, and rhymes right just uh are you thinking about dropping something soon 
I mean, maybe 2021, bro. Okay, so drop a comment below <laughs> see if you want a Momo Boys collab on a rap song. Yeah. yeah. If y'all want it, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Just give us a beat, too. I'm not a rapper, though. Yeah, I'm definitely not a rapper. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not a rapper. Yeah. It would be fun, though. Yeah. Something new. Experience is yeah. the best teacher. So <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. SoundCloud bro. rappers. SoundCloud rappers. Let's make it happen. Nice. Should we get into some IG questions? Yeah. We had some IG questions Ooh. come through. Yeah. Is it going to be spicy? Yeah, it's a little spicy. You, right. you got them, too? Let's see. Did you already pull it up? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, we'll bounce back and forth. I'll send it to you real quick. All right, sweet. So, started this for Daniel's episode, right? Mm -hmm. Episode five. Mm -hmm. Basically, asking questions um, or putting a survey out there for you guys to ask the guest of each podcast whatever questions you want. So, got some lined up for Thang. You want to go for it? All right. Yep. Let's see. Okay. So, we have the first question and. It's were you just born cute or what's your secret? I love you. Damn. Who's that from? Chad. Okay. I love you, Chad. <laughs> but uh do I got it from my mama, man. I think a lot of my facial structure is from my mom. And like my charm is like from her too. Yeah, I said I got it from my mama. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mama Thang. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to her. Nice. All right, so this one's from your sister and She's asking, what dish are you trying to perfect in 2021? Ooh. Tough one. Dude, I want to say, okay, so when I went to Mexico back back in 2019, uh, me and Sass were in Oaxaca, walking around at 2 a.m. We found this, like, random taco stand. Walked up, and they had barbacoa tacos. Mm-hmm. Dude, hands down, one of the best barbacoa I've ever had to this day. And it was just something so soulful about it, man. Like, the meat was super tender and juicy. Like it has the, the right amount of fat on it. And not only that, dude, they give you, like, a bowl of, of soup that, that they made the barbacoa in. And that, dude, it just hit me in the soul. So I really want to recreate that Oaxacan barbacoa this year. Nice. Yes. That sounds great. Let yeah. us know, man. We'll yeah, do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Out, I got you. you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Another question by Mike McLean. How do you get that shine and bounce in your hair? Damn. Dude, shout out to coconut oil. Like, it's just so crucial to the hair game. Like, if you're out there trying to like improve the the health of your hair bro put some o coconut oil on it before you shower yeah just let it do its thing just don't shampoo your hair too often and when you do like make sure you put coconut oil on before like 20 or 30 minutes before and then just like wash it off yeah but it's gonna do wonders is there a brand that you recommend asking for a friend <laughs> 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 bro honestly like I don't know like the details of like the brand. I just get coconut oil from the store. Okay. The, the cheapest kind. It's a secret. It's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> Great value. All right, but all right. So this one is from Lori. So at what moment in your life did you figure out who you were and what you were about? Whew. Damn. That's a deep ass question. Mm -hmm. 
at what moment? Man, dude, I think, like, for me, the the moment where I made that phone call to my dad while I was in jail. Oof. Yeah, like, yo, can you come and pick me up? Um, I'm, I'm at the city jail, and I could hear his voice, like, trembling in the background. You know, like, that just struck a different chord within me. Like, dude, I do not want to be in the same situation ever again. And, yeah, everything that I did after that was to further distance myself away from that lifestyle. And, and yeah, I, I would say, like, that moment was when... I just had my my mental state just flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's tough, man. I, I, it's unfortunate, you know, what happened, but it's good in a way that it happened because right made you the person you are today. Right. You know, dude. So. And I always think about it like, if that didn't happen, like, who knows where I would be today? Like, mm-hmm. I would probably be still hanging with that that same dude, going down some like darker paths that you might not know about. Yeah. So I'm grateful that it happened and it taught me so much. Yeah. Dude, and thank you for sharing that too. You know, like I think people listening can if anyone's going the wrong direction, yeah, you know, or whatever, Just like don't be like learn thing. from it. Yeah. 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 I went through it so you don't have to, so Yeah. No, that's big, man. You sharing that to the entire world. And like you mentioned, Legion, like sometimes events like that are needed for us to grow as people and the best thing you can do is learn from it not let it happen again yeah yeah and then uh, yeah so the last question man was uh who are your top influencers at the moment damn that was by lori by the way by lori dude shout out to lori shout out to you and baby p lori shout out to you yeah <laughs> Just fall yeah, to the camera. <laughs> we're pointing at the camera. Yeah, just in case you're listening. <laughs> you're <a> Spotify. <laughs> there you go, Clutch. Um, top influencers, huh? I would say you guys. Right? You guys influenced me a lot. We've talked about it before, but y- y'all are like very objective based people. Like you, you set goals and you go out and you do it because you know you have to crush those goals. Right. So me hanging out with you guys, like it really pushed me to get out of my comfort zone. Right. And actually create goals and 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 crush it, too. Right. Because I'm more of like in the process. I love the process, going through the process, but it's harder for me to start the process. Mm. A.K.A. I'm lazy as shit. Right. But hanging out with you guys, like it motivates me to like just get out of bed in the morning and just like do productive things. Right. So shout out to you guys for that. Like shout out to Sass too. Like he's w- also one of my biggest influence, biggest influences in my life. Like the reason I'm growing out my hair, is Sass convinced me to. It looks beautiful. Like, I want to be beautiful too, mm-hmm. right? You are. It's like You're beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you guys and I say like, outside of that, bro. Um, Anthony Bourdain was a really big influence in my life. Like he taught me so much about cultures 
all around the world mm-hmm. while I'm just sitting there watching TV. Like I didn't get to go anywhere, but like he was able to bring the world to me and his vision and his thoughts on thing. It was very unique and it just highlights cultures in a very different way that no one can able to replicate. Like, bro, I miss his voice, man. Yeah. You know? Um, so Bourdain was, was one, um, Joe Rogan is a big one. Like I, bro, I fucking love his podcast and just like the guests that he bring on and the conversations that they have completely changed my life. Like my very first job, you know, while I was reading book, going to Irving, you know, in that train, like I would binge on Rogan's podcast too. Um, and it taught me a lot about like being your own like individual person and like having passions and interests right because i i didn't really have a positive role model growing up like my dad was kind of distant like he was there but he was distant so i didn't really have anyone to like talk about the the manhood journey Mm -hmm. too like you guys are the first but like rogan was was like a big impact in terms of just giving you a sense of direction on what to do as a man. So I appreciate him for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the last one. Bro, straight up, like, Chef Ray is, Shout out. is a very, very influential figure, like, in my life. Like, for some, someone that I know, right? Like, like I said, like, you know, I didn't have, like, a positive, big, older person to, like, look up to and chef ray was that for me when, when we met her mm-hmm. like she became like a jihai which is like the older sister that just tells you about life like in like the most non-filtered way mm-hmm. like she tells you how to like stand up for yourself and like take no shit from anyone right dude growing up in like an asian household you're you're taught to be very obedient and like just answer to whatever the authority figure says mm-hmm. but like dude Ch- chef ray like taught me how to say no when you're not comfortable with it and that's huge like in every aspect of your life you got to be firm with your own like boundary mm-hmm. or else you get stepped on and that's what i was be- being like i was being stepped on for the majority of my life until we met chef mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah so shout out to chef man it's life-changing yeah chef ray sandwich hag yeah oh yeah for sure off of lamar lamar and (laughs) (laughs) we just know where it is based on the landmark we don't know the streets (laughs) we're playing no guys yeah we're playing no kids (laughs) but yeah shout out to her man yeah yeah absolutely nice awesome dude well thanks a lot for for sharing your story with us again thank you guys for for asking because like this is the first time that I've said it to anyone in public, like people in my, like close people in my life knew mm-hmm. bits and pieces, but this is the first time that I was able to like connect it all together. Yeah. And it was based on you guys' questions and the way you led it. I really appreciate y'all for doing that. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate Proud you. of you. How does it feel? Dude, it feels like a load off of my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels a lot lighter now. Nice. That's good. Crushed man. it. Yeah. Thanks. Boom. Good stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed bits and pieces of my life and how I am the way that I am. Probably going to do more of these, you know, 
because there's other stages of life where like we haven't talked about mm -hmm. you know like the times we're in college together yeah like we still got to talk about yeah. that more to come more to come yeah episode seven yeah chef minu and then keep going i'm excited for chef minu's episode me too it's gonna be a whole switch up yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh for sure yeah nice yeah all right it's a wrap it's a wrap, it's a wrap. thank you guys Peace. appreciate you